0: Well students, let's see about the sensory behavior of food products which is the ultimate criterion for the acceptability of any product by the consumer. The sensory behavior of food products can also be referred as the profile attribute analysis of food products. The overall quality of food product depends on factors such as quantity, nutritional parameters, physicochemical chemical parameters physical mechanical parameters there are other several hidden attributes and sensorial properties as well with this brief background let me move on to the actual definition of the sensory quality evaluation of sensory quality has been defined as a scientific discipline used to evoke measure analyze and interpret reactions to those characteristics of foods and materials as they are perceived by senses of sight taste touch and hearing the basic steps to perform the sensory analysis are five in number the first step include the selection of a proper panel The second step involves the maintaining the suitable environmental condition and use of standard equipment for the test. The third step involves the obtaining of representative samples. The fourth step includes the preparation and presentation of the sample. And the fifth step includes the selection of proper methods and the statistical techniques for the same. Let us go into the depth of each of the steps that has been detailed before. The first step which involves the selection of the panel includes the first includes five five important criterion that is interest and motivation is one of the main things that it is that, that is required. Attitude is the second thing that is uh, needed for the same knowledge and aptitude health and ability to communicate and the personality characteristics is another important criterion that is required for the selection of the panel. The types of panel that is train panel is one of the uh, important type of panel. The train panel are also referred to as the laboratory panel. The train panel is, you know, there are two important questions that is required to be answered by a train panel. Is there a difference between or among the stimuli or what are the directions and intensity of differences? These two questions are to be answered by a train panel. If these two questions are answered by train panel or or a group of panel, they are claimed to be train panels. The candidate should be carefully selected and trained to answer these two questions. If they are able to answer these two questions, then they are categorized to be a trained or expert panel. Generally, the trained panel are ideally five to ten member panel, and they are very difficult, you know, to identify these type of panels. Trained panel are uh, identified for differentiating between a flavor profile studies and high degree of training is required to identify a training panel the other set of panel is discriminative and communicative panel and this is also referred to as d and c type of panel that is otherwise termed as semi-trained panel like just you know u and b This type of panel is generally constituted to people who are familiar with the quality of differentiating the classes of foods. Just discriminating the differences you know when you give a type of food they should be able to just differentiate just discriminate whether it is good or bad generally in this type of panel it is like 25 to 30 in number. The The total number of members in this particular panel would be 25 to 30 in uh, number panel and they should be able to discriminate just to say the difference between the type of food that has been given or subjected to them. This particular panel are uh, subjected in such a way, they are done for preliminary screening program to select a few are, you know. Uh, for large scale consumer trials are subjected before this uh, you know type of screening is been usually done. So, this type of panel like you know the discriminative or communicative panels are you know 25 to 30 member panel and this is a preliminary screening generally been done for a final screening to be subjected to Okay, so hope you are clear with what I have been telling and next next let us move on to the untrained panel which is the consumer panel. Consumer panel is a large uh, uh, you know, large panel which is more than close to 100 in number. Untrained panel are consumer studies for example you know uh, they should be selected at random irrespective of age, gender, race, income level and it represents a population. Of a potential consumer, this finding is a independent judgment, which is at least hundred in number. So this is about untrained panelists. Let's move on to the qualification for panelists. So. What would be the qualification for panelists the panelists particularly for trained and discriminative and communicative panels should have the following qualifications you know they should possess the following qualifications so they should have sound health that is very important for a panel member so the health would determine whether they have a potential defect in them. Okay, so sound health is essential for them to identify whether they have a proper, uh, you know, sensory perception, so that they'll be identif- they, they would be able to differentiate between um, a particular uh, you know uh, uh, t- type of food. For example, they should be able to d- discriminate the type of uh, difference that we we would be able to subject to them. Then the second qualification that they should possess average sensitivity. The third thing is capability of independent judgment that is very important, they should be able to judge on their own, they should they shouldn't, you not know, get over uh, judged by another person. Then the fourth qualification is ability to concentrate, train and learn that is very very important. Then the fifth qualification is intellectual curiosity and interest in quality evaluation work. Then the next qualification is willingness to spend in evaluation. That is very important, you know. They shouldn't quickly go through and they shouldn't get an urge to finish the test quickly. Then free them from prejudices in respect of a particular food product. They shouldn't have a judgment that... This particular food has this particular flavor or uh, this particular uh, aroma and things like that. They, would, they should have open mindedness so that you know that particular food should have a discrimination or they should be able to give the differences correctly. The, the panel should have an open mindedness that is very very important. Food enthusiasts, that is very very important. They should have a liking towards the particular type of food without which it becomes a very difficult process. Next let us move on to the methodology for sensory evaluation. So there are various steps in which we have to go by uh, you know the process as such. The first step in the methodology is the screening. The panel members should be properly screened when before you know prior to the subjection of the uh, sensory evaluation. The prospective member should appear for the test design so as to pick the members for the uh, level of sensitivity. Next is after the screening test, screening uh, you know the process we will have to put forth for the training. The panel members should undergo a period of training, you know soon after the screening is done we can we cannot immediately subject them to the sensitive evaluation process, we will have to give them a training period. They should be well oriented regarding the sensory evaluation process, their vocabulary should be well uh, you know, equipped, they should be well oriented regarding the sensory evaluation the process the discrimination the way in which the process would actually take place all those things should be well taught to them and then they should be subjected to the actual evaluation process then briefing of the fab panel the next step is briefing of the panel the panel member should be given clear and precise instruction before the test is being processed this is very important because without briefing the panel then it becomes a very difficult process because briefing of the panel is a very important step the scorecard should be briefed to them properly and how they have to actually evaluate the quality attribute has to be detailed properly to them so that the briefing of the panel becomes a very vital process and the panel member should be well oriented regarding this particular step so, these three steps lay as the principle of the methodology process. Now, uh, let us move on to the sample preparation. So, sample preparation is nothing but prior you know uh, subjecting to the evaluation process we will have to prepare the samples. Samples should be prepared in a way to bring out the differences in a particular quality attributed and under evaluation. So, all the variations all the variables for for that matter like you know temperature, time of boiling, quantity, composition of water, blending etc. There are so many uh, variables we can uh, have it under you know in your mind depending upon the product. So, it should all be under control conditions, we should ensure the person who is doing the product should ensure that all the variables should be under control condition. So, they should be identical and appropriate identical method should be evolved prior to sample preparation Okay, and care should be taken and ensured that no loss of flavor, no loss of nutrients, no loss of order should be ensured prior to sample preparation and then Good storage condition and good preparatory condition should be evolved and serving methods should be noted properly so that the samples are prepared properly and displayed as well. So these are the uh, uh, steps that we should think before the samples has been prepared. Once this step is done then let us move on to the types of test. Students note that the types of steps are very important because depending upon the type of product we will have to precisely note the types of test. There are two major types of tests: analytical tests and effective tests. So analytical tests are based on the evaluation of differences in clarity, quality or quantity of sensory characteristics of products I repeat. Analytical tests are based on the evaluation of differences in clarity, quality or quantity of sensory characteristics of a product. So the panelists for carrying out the analytical tests are screened for interests, ability to discriminate differences and reproduce the results. So this is the actual, you know, I will not claim it as a definition. This is what the analytical tests are. So, the panelists for carrying out the analytical tests are screened for the interest, ability to discriminate the differences and thereby they reproduce the results. So, they are trained in such a manner to function as a human analytical instrument. So, they use the instruments and thereby take the uh, you know the results of the same and give the uh, results ok. So, the effective tests are based on the evaluation preferences or acceptance or opinions about the particular product okay this is the effective tests so this is the classic differences between the analytical test and the effective test now we have various subdivisions in the analytical test and the effective test as well so let us go into the details of the analytical test first and then we'll go into the effective test so analytical tests are used for laboratory evaluation. So, let us get a clarified picture here. So, analytical tests are used for the laboratory evaluation of the products in terms of differences or similarities and for identification of sensorial characteristics. So, there are two major types of analytical test that is discriminative and descriptive. So, under the analytical test there are two major types of analytical test that is discriminative and descriptive. So for both the tests we have to employ experienced or trained panelists that is mandatory and I repeat again we have to have two major types of analytical test and discriminative and descriptive is the classes of the analytical test. And be it any type of analytical test be it discriminative or descriptive we need to go for experienced or trained panelist okay. And then under the discriminative test we have various classes of discriminative tests. So we have the difference test, sensitivity test okay under the discriminative. So in simple terminologies I would say that discrimination itself means you just have to show. So the discriminative test we have the difference test and the sensitivity test. So difference test measures simply the difference between the methods. So will just tell you what is the difference between the methods. So to show the difference between the methods we have varied number of tests. We have paired comparison, we have DOTO, we have triangle, we have ranking, we have rating. And under the sensitivity test which measures the ability of the individuals to detect the sensory characteristics, it will just tell you it will measure the ability of the individuals to detect the sensory characteristics. And under the sensitivity test we have threshold, we have the dilution, rating differences or the scalar Okay, So under the sensitivity we have you know 2 or 3 number. So this is the discriminative classes and the uh, varying uh, different tests of the discriminative class. Okay, So let me go into the details of the difference test and the sensitivity test. So there are as I told you there are several types of difference test the paired comparison test. So as the name predicts paired means two so we have two coded samples and we need to evaluate the two coded samples and it will be kept simultaneously or sequentially in a balance ordered form so it will be presented in a balance ordered form and the two coded samples are evaluated simultaneously and this particular test is used to find the difference and directional difference in a specific characteristics and difference preferences in consumer analysis of foods. In other uh, you know way I would put it like this is basically you know meant to find the simple difference it will just tell you the difference between one over the other. So two coded samples would be given okay and it will be keep, kept in sequence and will tell The difference between one over the other. That's it. Okay. So this is also applicable in training and testing of panelists. So in order to identify the panelist, also they could use this pair comparison tests. Okay. Well, and in the GeoTrio test this test employs three samples. Okay. Three samples where Two would be identical and one would be different. Okay, did you get it? Dio trio itself means two would be identical and one would be different. So, here one sample is identified as the standard. Please understand, students, one sample would be identified as standard and presented first. So, as a uh, you know as a student or as a person, as a product developer, you should know which is the standard and present it first followed by two coded samples, Okay, So, the experimental samples would be the two coded samples and one which is the identical to that of the standard. So, you will have three samples. So, one would be presented as the standard and the remaining two would be presented as the two coded samples. So, the judge is required to identify which is the sample and which is going to match with the standard fine. So, this is the classic uh, way in which the DIO TRIO samples have been presented fine. Well, so now let me tell you how the DIO TRIO is going to be slightly different from that of the triangle samples or the triangle test. This test employs the three coded samples as similar to that of the diotrio. Okay. However, there is a difference here. Triangle test would be like we have two identical and one different presented simultaneously. Well, none of the sample is identified as standard here in contrast with that of the diotrio. Okay. So the judge must identify which of the three samples would be presented, okay, the judge should be able to identify which three samples presented difference from the other two. Here we we are not going to tell which is the standard or which is going to be the samples, okay. None of the samples is identified as the standard here. So two is going to be identical and one is going to be different, that's it, you got it? So, this is the triangle test in contrast with the DO trio one would be the standard and the remaining two would be the uh, uh, I mean the uh, samples ok. Well, let us move on to the ranking test this test is used to make simultaneous comparisons of several samples on the basis of the single characteristics that is a control need to be identified and all test samples to be coded that is it. So we will have a control here and the remaining test will be coded and the judge will be asked to rank accordingly Okay, So a control would be presented and the remaining test would be coded accordingly and we will have to rank according to the samples. So this is the ranking test. So let us move on to the sensitivity test. There are several ways of carrying out the sensitivity test. So the first comes the threshold. So these tests are usually expressed as absolute and indicate the minimum detectable level. So minimum is threshold you know it will vary from 1% person to the other. So based on the concentration of the substance the level varies. See you might have a different threshold level I might have different. So the threshold varies from one to another. So the criteria of response in determining threshold include detec- detection threshold okay. So this will vary from one to another. So awareness of change from some neutral background uh, and recognition threshold that is the point at which the stimulus becomes identifiable That—that that is what is the threshold is okay. So we will we'll make it like. Absolutely no awareness until the point where the stimulus becomes identifiable. So, accordingly, we will prepare the samples and subject it to the, uh, the judge, and the threshold would be identified. Okay. And then the next test is dilution test. The This is another, uh, you know, class of sensitivity test, and in the dil- dilution test, the Dilution technique determines the smallest amount of test material that can be detected when it is mixed with the standard material. So this particular technique may provide information on relative intensities of treatment at comparable dilution levels. So dilution testing is limited to food products. You know generally dilution testing is not uh, you know meant for. Uh, food products as such, however you know when we go for um, uh, like uh, wine and all those stuffs maybe slightly we can you know, fermented products and all that we can slightly use it you know you can just know what the dilution test is about ok. Now let us move on to the descriptive test. So descriptive test it attempts to identify sensitive characteristics and quantify them. So, panelists are selected on their ability to perceive the differences between test procedures. Well, so descriptive test is described, you know, just with that particular word, you should be able to identify between the discriminative and the descriptive tests. So, among the descriptive, we have the attribute rating, which involves the category scaling, where Among the category scaling, we will have you know varied uh, points in which we have to keep in mind. Coded samples are presented simultaneously and sequentially in a balanced order, okay, which differs among the individual panel members. Okay, the first point is category scaling is nothing but you know we have to keep it uh, you know in a sequential order and in a balanced order so that you know the panel members should be able to. Uh, differentiate and differ among uh, and it it will basically you know it is meant for differentiating. category scales consist of a series of word phrases for example sweetness of flavor in an ascending or a descending order of intensity okay for the purpose of analysis successive digits are assigned okay at each and every point on the scale from the 0 intensity to the higher intensity or higher intensity to the 0 intensity it can be either in the ascending order or in the descending order. So for each attribute we would assign a number. that is what it says Okay. Then a statistical analysis generally it is an analysis of variance is being used of the mean intensity score and we would access or you know we, we, we generally uh, assign scores for them and take the mean of it and go according to determining the significant differences among the mean scores of the represented uh, samples okay this is how the category scaling is done and then we we'll move on to the ratio scaling which is nothing but you know otherwise termed as the magnitude estimation. this test is used to estimate the relationship between the physical intensity and the sensory magnitude. So, it can also be used for comparable rating on specific attributes among two or more products. So, this particular test is mainly used for comparable rating on specific attribute. So, we will take one particular attribute and we try to compare the ratings on a specific attribute among two or more products. So, we take two or more products and we try to compare the rating on a specific attribute. So, the method permits the participants to use a wide range of a number of his own choices with a property that the ratio or the proportions among the numerical assignments reflects ratios of sensory intensities. Okay, so this particular ratio scaling is mainly meant for comparing the ratings on specific attributes among two or more products. Okay, if you want to target a particular Attribute We go in for ratio scaling and the numerical ratings given to a first sample presented may be any one of the subjects choice except 0. You cannot touch upon 0 or a negative value. This is the specific you know um, uh, uh, point that you have to keep in mind. It cannot be 0 or a negative value. So you have to anyway rate on a particular number ok. And ratings given to the succeeding sample should be in proportion to the rating assigned to the first one. So for example, you give a rating for a particular attribute as 1, the succeeding sample should be 2 and it it has to be it has to follow in a successive manner. The number assigned are subjected to statistical analysis after normalization and you will have to take the mean and continue with the same Okay, So this is the rating scaling. I'm sorry, ratio scaling, and uh, let's move on to the flavor profile analysis. And this particular technique provides a written recording of a particular uh, product perception with reference to an aroma and a flavor component, feeling factors, and aftertaste. So the flavor, you know, it's a combination of whatever I said so far, and the panelist characterizes the individual aroma and flavor notes in an order that has been perceived according to them. So, it will vary you know even uh, and flavor profile analysis only a trained person can do it, trained panel members can do it and it will vary from one to another as we all know and the panelist characterizes the individual aroma and flavor notes in the order perceived and assigns an intensity value using a constant rating scale. So they will have to go on to the rating scale whatever points that has been depicted in the rating scale will have to go according to that. So ascending or descending then you have to rate according to the attribute ok. So you go by giving a value for a particular attribute either in the ascending or in the descending order and then you have to take the mean and uh, then go by that ok. Then. As uh, you know flavor profile analysis we can also go for the texture profile analysis. So it provides a systematic approach to measure the texture dimensions of uh, food in terms of a mechanical like how we have the texture analyzer, then geometrical, fat, moisture. So you know there are various ways in which we can go about analyzing the texture profile. And then quantitative descriptive analysis is a technique which utilizes an unstructured category scale. And a panel of not less than six trained panelists can go about you know analyzing the quantitative descriptive analysis and obtains repeated judgments from each panelist for each test products. Okay, so with this, you know, the I hope you're able to get what i'm trying to say and uh, let's move on to the effective tests like the effective test refers to preference tests well students so far we've been uh, seeing about the analytical tests which is uh, based on the evaluation of the differences in the clarity quality or uh, quantity of the sensory characteristics of a product now let's see about the effective test which is based on the evaluation preferences or acceptance or opinions of uh, products so um, the effective tests refers to as I already told you I mean preference testing based on the measurement of preferences or it measures from you know the relative preferences that may be determined for example, pleasure, displeasure, likes and dislikes Okay, so whether a person likes or dislikes, so just this differences, so the effective is nothing but preferences and acceptance. So, the effective test gives us or details about whether the test is going to be about the preferences and acceptance of a or about a product ok. So, the preferences may be defined as expression of high degree of liking it could be a choice of one object over the other, and preference is only based on one of many factors involved in acceptance. Okay, it could be like you know, preferences is like it could be, uh, a, for instance, if you take a wine, the sourness in a wine. Okay, bitterness in particular juice. So what is that particular attribute, the liking for a particular product or disliking for a particular product. So, the preferences may be defined on some attributes. So, the acceptance may be defined as an experience or a feature of experience characterized by a positive attitude, it is a positive attitude. Acceptance itself you know generally will have to claim upon a positive field, actual utilization of a particular product Okay, So the acceptability is generally inferred from a scale rating. There are three types of effective tests, My dear students you will have to you know get these these things in your mind. There are three types of effective tests performance test, ranking test and rating. Because you know ranking and rating is also there in the analytical. But please do not get confused. Okay, It is going to be different. It is going to be really different because here it is more towards the preferences, acceptance. So it is going to be slightly different. So there are three different types of affective tests, paired performance test, ranking test and rating scale. So, in the paired performance tests, so it is an application of two samples that we are going to present and it is going to be presented in such a way that is it is going to be presented in a simultaneously or in a sequential manner. The panelist is requested to express a preference based on a specific attribute. Please get it clear, it is going to be very specifically expressed to the panelist that it is going to be based on a specific attribute. The reason for preference may be included if desired that is left to the panel or to the person who is going to present the product. The method may also be applied to make it multiple paired comparison with a sample series that is paired comparison comparison could be single or it could be multiple. So, you can have a single pair or you can have you know a couple of pairs multiple you can make it as multiple pairs as well ok. so a standard product versus each of several experimental product. So it is generally a good idea to have a couple of pairs because you know the more number of pairs you represent to a particular group of panel to a set of panel the validation of results would be better that is there will be less validation of results you got it. Okay, So, it is always better to have more number of samples being presented in a sequential manner fine. So, next let us move on to the ranking test. So, this is an extension of the paired performance test approach, however, in this particular ranking test we are going to actually we are going to code 3 or more coded samples are going to be presented in a sequential manner Okay to the panelist and what are we going to do is we're going to tell them that we're going to you know uh, there uh, we're going to tell them you're going to ask them to evaluate in the first impression itself they should be able to rank okay the coded samples. They could going to rank their coded samples according to their first impression itself. Okay, The subject is asked to assign an order, a sequence to the sample according to his or her preference. So, they should go according to their preference, code the samples because we have already coded the samples. But to their first impression, we will ask them to code it okay according to their first impression and give their preferences and rank the samples accordingly so the amount of liking or disliking according to their according to the judges they will give it according to their liking or disliking okay did you get it so for the individual samples cannot be adequately determined but the disadvantage is you know the problem is here Correct this, you know, we cannot categorize the liking or the disliking for the particular sample, cannot be judged correctly or appropriately by this particular method. That's the only disadvantage in the ranking. We can only rank it. Okay. Next, let's move on to the rating scale. We have, you know, uh, rating scale many types of rating scales are there let's go to the hedonic rating scale this test is used to measure the level of liking for the food products by a population okay it is applied in testing for presence or acceptance alone so we have five point rating scale we have nine point hedonic rating scale which is been effectively used and generally reduced number of rating categories Although not fewer than five is recommended, and uh, from like to dislike, we go in for omissions of neutral uh, rating categories. Are generally, uh, you know, we take it off, and uh, uh, like uh, we generally omit those neutral rating categories, like um, uh, you know, uh, facial hedonic uh, uh, scale, and all that, we generally remove it. Okay, use of non-structured, non-numerical line scale, anchored with the like and dislike, and opposite ends alone, will be utilized. Okay, and uh, food action rating scale. There is another one uh, called as food action rating scale, and this particular scale is generally used for the acceptance of you know the level of food products by a particular population, and this scale is not acceptable for rating specific characteristics. It will just tell you whether we like the food or not just rate that and this particular rating scale includes actions as well as you know the affective types of statements for example you know uh, in a soft drink whether the drink is acceptable for water like strongly sweet sweet salty strongly salty medicinal so, with respect to taste, these are the attributes. With respect to viscosity, less viscous, highly viscous, you know, these are the uh, attributes that we can explain for the viscosity. So, this is the food action rating scales. And uh, so, this is about the rating scale and about the effective test as So, with this, the different types of analytical and the effective test is done so i hope my dear students they have given you a brief about the sensory evaluation uh, you know the different types of uh, tests and uh, why are we actually doing about uh, the sensory evaluation the definition and uh, you know, the methods of evaluation and what are the different types? And I have also sent you the uh, PowerPoint, which will be really useful for you. And from the examination point of it, I'm I'm sure uh, this PPT alone may not, you know, be the base for you to write on it. However, it will be helpful for you to prepare. But you can refer the books which is already been sent to you. For example, you can use Potter by Food Science and many more textbooks are there available to you for you to prepare. Well, I will meet you in the next uh, you know, recording with the remaining lectures. Thank you so much. Bye.